Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to our first episode of Beauty Talk for the Year. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, and again, we say thank you for joining us. Um, if you have a question or comment for tonight's um, Beauty News show, please give us a call at uh, 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. And I'm going to turn it over to Denise to start us off with um, some beauty news. Good evening, everyone. Once again, thank you guys for joining us tonight uh, for our Beauty News Show. Uh, just a quick reminder, I will be on uh, Twitter tonight for a tweet chat, so you can follow us. We are at beauty underscore talk. Again, that's at beauty underscore talk. Also, we will be using the hashtag uh, beauty talk, so you can join us over there. And again, the calling number 914-803-4399. That's 914 914- Eight zero three four three nine nine. If you have questions or comments, and really quickly, just want to tell you all briefly about the um, the new guidance on federal COVID nineteen stimulus package. Uh, this is presented by uh, PBA, which is the Professional Beauty Association. Uh, it's a webinar. It's a free webinar that takes place uh, this Tuesday, January twelfth, at two p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, it's this Tuesday, January twelfth, at two p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the Small Business Administration released its first set of guidance regarding the new financial assistance for small businesses. Uh, join PPA CFO Scott Turkian on Tuesday as he breaks down the new 82-page SBA guidance and explains the new clarifications and changes it contains. Uh, this is your chance to get your questions answered so that you can move quickly to take advantage of these new small business um, assistance programs. Um, you can reserve your spot by going to PPA's website, that's probeauty.org. Again, you can reserve your spot by going to PBA's uh, website, probeauty.org. And then I have um, some interesting news about another free uh, online event that's taking place um, the next three days, uh, tomorrow uh, through Wednesday. Um, it's, the, it's the Pro Safety Beauty Summit, which I think is a great summit uh, that I think all Beauty professionals, especially makeup artists, will get a lot out of this. Um, but, again, for all beauty professionals, estheticians, hairstylists, uh, nail techs, we're going to have people from all over the beauty industry um, um, coming in to give um, some discussion to this whole um, matter of safety 
and how we can get back to work safely. So, again, it's the Pro Safety Beauty Summit. It takes place online January 11th through the 13th, okay? And basically, it's the first of its kind international online trade conference delivering in-depth seminars covering the future of the beauty industry. A panel of globally respected beauty industry leaders led by industry veterans Madeline Leonard, Karen Reddy Medeiros, and Samita Batra, they provide attending beauty professionals in diverse fields a comprehensive roadmap to groundbreaking safety products, health protocols, and best business practices required to go the distance in a post-COVID-19 world. And I think we all need that. The pro-safety group has been denominated under the category of social responsibility by the Los Angeles Business Journal for a 2020 Beauty Award. Access to the virtual conference is complimentary and is broken down into three highly focused um, information-packed days that concentrate on the following. One, protocol. Um, it gives you essential health and safety product innovations, rules, and solutions. Two, the people. It's instilling confidence among owners, employees, customers, and colleagues. And three, the practical, um, negotiating, adapting to new business models and branding. So, again, the protocols, the people, the practical, um, three days. The Pro Safety Beauty Summit will present a full curriculum of lectures and symposiums as professionals in all realms of the beauty industry will need uh, new strategies and skills to make rebuilding their businesses a smoother process. The presenters are top experts in the industry from across the program's focus areas. Um, expertise presented will, be, will represent global uh, perspectives on safety. Some of the confirmed speakers include, from the TV and film world, uh, Aaron Kruger-McKesh. We have Morris, Gregory Alt, Romero Jennings, Paul Thompson, Michael DeVellis, uh, Tom Bacious, Howard Berger, uh, Rihanna Capri, Nikki Lee, uh, Louise Casco, Lindsay Williams, Mary Irwin, Bob Myers, uh, Jenny Frankel, Beatrice Dixon, and there are many, uh, many, many more uh, names to come as far as the, uh, the presentations go. So along with various medical experts and scientists regarding the topics of infectious disease, virology, regulatory, uh, regulatory dermatology, and many more. For those interested in business, Several speakers will be, uh, will be present discussing topics such as legality, leasing, finance, funding, management, and technology. The Pro Safety Beauty Summit sponsors and partners include the Powder Group, Makeup Forever, European Wax Center, Cloutier Remix, Ziva Beauty, and KRM Product Seating, Mac Pro, Cinema Secrets, The Face Shield, Sterilite, Makeup Designery, Professional Beauty Association, and Support Creatives. The program will broadcast on January 11th through 13th and have 24-hour access for each day's program. After the, after the three-day original broadcast, partic- participants can access the entire program with an all-access pass. The pass is available upon registration for $47. After the program uh, broadcast, the pass is available for $127, and it, and it includes a virtual gift bag. So when you go to register for free, you can get an all-access pass that will allow you to access it um, at any time for, for you know, however long for $47. If you don't get it at the time of, the, of your registration, then after the event, 
um, it will cost $127 for this access for this all access pass. But with that $127, you also will get a virtual gift bag. Okay. So for more information um, on that, you can go to theprosafetygroup.com. T h e p r o s a s e t y g r o u dot com. Theprosafetygroup.com. Again, that's January 11th through the 13th. So that's tomorrow through Wednesday. You can still register um, to attend this event. It's totally free. You don't have to buy the all access pass, uh, pass because after each day, you will have 24 hours to access that day's um, presentation. So you don't have to buy the all access pass, but if you want to do it at your, you know, in, at your leisure and take your time and go through it, you can have um, you can get a um, all access pass for forty seven dollars at the time of registration. So again, if you're interested, theprosafetygroup.com. I think it's something worth taking a uh, taking you know a look at. All right, sounds good. Um, just wanted to give a couple reminders. Um, I know I announced this a couple times already, but um, the ISSC 2021 show that's normally held in Long Beach, this year it's now digital. And normally they hold it um, in January, but this year because it's digital, it's going to be held March 14th through 16th of this year. Um, again, that's March 14th through the 16th. They have 80 live and on-demand classes, shopping, show specials, and so much more. So if you're interested, please go out and get a ticket. Regular price for tickets of $50. If you are a PBA member, the ticket is only $25. So again, regular price is $50, and for PBA members, it's $25. I better run out there and get my ticket now. <laughs> while it's $25, but, um, um, and, and if you're interested in joining PBA, you can do so at probeauty.org. But again, ISSE digital experience for this year is March 14th through the 16th. And just wanted to remind anybody um, who um, submitted for um, the North American Hairstyling Awards or NAHA, just to let you know that the finalists will be announced on January 14th. Okay, again, that's January 14th. They're going to announce it live, and they're always, they always do it on Facebook. So it's always a Facebook Live, so you have to go to the PBA um, Facebook page, and they're going to announce it live on January 14th. So make sure you tune in for that. All right, so as we wait, we have a special guest coming on with us tonight to, here she goes. <laughs> All right, let me just bring her on right now. Hey, Gazi. Hey, how are you? How are you Good, both? how are you? Hey. Good. 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 I was just getting ready to say, um, that we were waiting for you to come on and you popped on. So um, thank you for <laughs> joining us tonight, and thank you for all those people that I see who are on the phone lines, and for those of you who are listening um, via the Internet, thank you guys for listening, and thank you for those who are going to tune in later on the playback. We appreciate it. Um, 
So let's just jump right in. About a week ago, we were all on Clubhouse, and we were talking about all things film and television careers. You know, we were sharing, um, you know, how we got started, you know, why producers, um, you know, call us back all the time, and just various, various aspects of the business. And it led me to, I was thinking about, the whole experience. And then, you know, as the week went on, there were other times when I was online and I hear um, makeup artists talking about different things, whether it's on Instagram Live, Facebook Live, or, or um, Clubhouse. And it led me to wonder about one thing. And I was saying to my sister today, I said, you know, what's, what is it that makeup artists – and I guess this this could apply for not just film and television, but I'm, I do want to be specific about film and television, but just makeup artists in general. But what is it that they're that they're missing, that they're not talking about, um, that they're not doing? You know, I see a lot of people were talking about, still talking about what's in their kits. Um, people are still talking about, you know, just products. Um, some of the same things, like we're always, I feel like, and there's no, this is no disrespect to anybody, but I feel like um, a lot of makeup artists, and this is at various levels, not just beginners, but various levels, are talking about some of the same things, approaching things the same way. I just feel like something's missing. What are they not doing? So I think what you already thought about um, what do you think makeup artists are not doing, or what are they what are they missing? Can I can I take this first? Sure. Okay. You know, when you asked that question, there was something that ju- that just you know jumped into my mind really quickly, and I think I think what's missing is passion. I think passion for the industry. Um, sometimes I feel like um, makeup artists who say they're interested in film and TV, I think they're interested in what they think the industry is. But a lot of times I feel like they don't really know. And I feel like they, you know, they, you know, they're all about what people allow them to see. You know, I think they think it's a glamorous life and it's not. Um, and people sometimes people really don't know what they're getting into um, when they think about doing makeup for film and television. And I think, you know, a lot of times people are, um, you know, I feel like people don't do the research. I feel like people don't do the work to actually get to that point of being a, a film and television makeup artist. And so I, I feel like they're just missing passion. Like sometimes people just really don't want it. They think they want it, but they don't want it. Or they, or they think they want it and it gets rough, and then at that point they, they don't want it. Right. Like in this industry, and I don't know what you, how you feel about it, Gazi, but I feel like you either love it or you don't. Listen, you're either I a, filmmaker, you're agree. a filmmaker or you're not. <laughs> yeah, listen, a good friend of mine, Donna Adrian, she used to always say they're filmmakers and they're film workers. Right. There are people Mm -hmm. who are just there, you know, just for the check. And there are people who really care about the project. And the missing piece 
that struck a chord with me that came to mind was that I feel like a lot of makeup artists, when they pursue the career of film and television, I feel like they, they don't fully understand the big picture. And that's not just the big mm-hmm. picture of, oh, yeah, I'm on a big film set, but it's the big picture of everything, including, like, patience. Like, you understanding a bigger picture makes you a better professional, period, outside of just being a makeup artist, right? You know, like, right. I remember when I when I first left the counter, you know, I was doing some film and TV here and there, like, I was working at the counter, like, you know, 20 plus years ago. And I just knew I'm like, all right, this is it. Like I'm leaving to go start and do the wire. I was like the third on the wire full time. I just knew this was it, you know? And Mm -hmm. when it was all done, I felt empty. I was like, okay, now what's next? I didn't even plan for what's going to happen after (laughs) that job because it's a bunch of little jobs that all come together and, finally you'll see the big picture like okay I did these five jobs 10 years ago but now it makes me eligible to do this period film or this kind of other film you know what I mean it takes so much patience to build things on your resume and as far as your career is concerned before you feel like okay I finally made it like here here I am 20 years after the fact and I'm like okay like things are starting to roll now <laughs> you right, <know>? right. <laughs> but you right. know what you, you, you said some you said some important things because I um, briefly shared on Clubhouse last week about, um, you know, when I first started in in makeup in general, I really didn't know where I wanted to be. And so I was Mm -hmm. touching a little bit of everything. And I remember, I think I mentioned that um, Debbie Young invited me and another young lady to um, assist her on an independent film. And so we showed up at this church and, you know, we were assisting her on set, and I was like, oh, I, you know, I really like this. And I remember we had, like, a break, and I was um, looking at Debbie's kid, and I was asking her about, you know, particular products and that type of thing. And I remember the young lady, she and I kept in touch, and I remember um, one day we met up, and she was saying to me that she was going to quit her job. And I, I forgot mm. what kind of work, what she did, but she had a really good job. She had been there for a long time and um, a, a fairly good amount of time. And um, she was going to leave. And she was like all, all pumped and excited. I'm leaving. I'm doing makeup full time and all this stuff. And so, and she did, she left and she didn't do any makeup. She wasn't getting any <laughs> jobs. And for me, you know, I'm just there. I had a I had a good job, um, and I was being very patient about when that time was going to be for me to leave. I think I started. Wow, I I can't remember what year I started at that job, but I think I'd been there for. I probably was there for a good five years before I even started doing film and TV. But when I did, I never left. I was at that job for, for, I was at that job for nine and a half years before I left. So when I got in the union, I think I was, I was still there for three more years before I left. And uh-huh. when I left, when I got, I got to the point where, 
I was so tired of the job. It had nothing to do with film and TV, me wanting to do film and TV. It just, it just felt like everything kind of lined up at the same time. Like when I got good and frustrated at the, with the job, that was when I said to myself, you know what, I'm done. I don't care. I can forfeit the bonus. I can forfeit all the good stuff that, that's supposed to come to me if I stay on this job, but I've had enough. And at that time is also when things at the job was changing and they were beginning to restructure and send all of um, what we were doing in the Baltimore office to the New York office. So we were going to be soon without a job anyway. So it all worked out perfectly. So at the time mm. when I said, I'm going to quit, I said, okay. It was like September, and I was like, December 31st, I'm out of here. I'm done. So before December 31st came, um, probably like late November, almost Thanksgiving, is when they were saying, okay, your job is ending January 31st. So I figured, okay, hey, I'll wait around one more month. At this point, you know, because now I'll wait around one more month and now I will get everything that I'm supposed to receive, like the bonus and the extra pay and all this kind of stuff. But I said all that to say, you know, people get excited about everything, about what they see or or, or what they think is happening in the industry. And because, you know, somebody may bring them along or something, they're all excited and they're going to do this. I'm going to do this full time and they don't have a plan. Now, anybody yep. that knows me knows I'm going to plan. You know, all this, I mean, I know, you know, sometimes you have to take risks, but that ain't one of them. Not for me. Um, I'm not, I was not leaving a good job to go do something where I didn't even have a resume built. So I'm like, yeah. you know what? I've been here long enough where, if I need to take time off, because that's what I did. I used to take time off, and I would go work on the wire. Take time off and go work on the wire. Go work on whatever movie was in town locally. I did. And then when I was on, um, I was doing first unit, just taking time off to work on first unit of Ladder 49. But then they started booking me for second unit. Well, second unit happened at 6 p.m. I got off of work perfect. at 5 p.m. So this was perfect, you know. And, you know, I was a whole lot younger back then, so I worked from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. and then got up at 7.30 to be at work by 8.30. So it worked, you know what I'm saying? But but what I'm saying is is that I wasn't just, like, jumping up, oh, my God, this is happening. I'm getting all these film jobs and these TV jobs. Um, let me quit my job. No, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't doing that. I was building my resume. So when it when the time came, um, when the job folded, and, it, and I said, okay, you know what, now I'm going to do this full time. Mm. But at least at that point, a couple of years later, I had a resume. So now it was a little easier for me to say, hey, you know, I want to do film and TV makeup. But I had a resume, and, I've, and I met people. And, you know, so I'm building a rapport with people in the industry and that kind of thing. It wasn't just, oh, my God, she brought me in doing this, this TV, you know, this independent film and now I'm going to do this full time. That wasn't what it was. And you know, it's it's funny that you say that because I was talking to a makeup artist the other day, and she was like, you know, these makeup artists leave beauty school one day and they're department heads in film and TV the next. And it just 
I, I laughed about it, but I was like, you know what? She's so true because, I mean, it, this is so true because a lot of artists I see that get into the business, they don't have patience. It's something you just talked about, guys. They yeah. don't have the patience to, uh, you know, to start out as an additional in the background and, and, to, and to really learn, learn the industry and to really learn the job and, and to work their way up to department head. Everybody wants to be, I feel like everybody wants to be in charge of something, but people don't really understand the role of a department head. It's not just about being in charge. You know what I mean? You're not just in charge. You are responsible mm-hmm. for what happens you know, on that show, as far as the look of the show, it, it's it's a lot of things involved in being a, in a being a makeup department head, and people people don't get it. People just think, oh, okay, I want to make the money that a department head makes. You know, I want to do, I want to be able to to hire people. I want to be able to, you know, to tell people what to do. It's so much more than that. It and is some so much more than makeup. Get their, yeah, get their keys or their thirds to tell people what to do. You know, some department heads. Are, don't even want to be de- don't even want to be bothered with the additionals. You know, that's, right. that's some department heads. Some some additionals will never even meet the department head on some shows. So that's exactly. so not what <laughs> so not what the you know what the department head is. It's, it's just so different. So I feel like people need to be patient about this industry and um, go about it the right way. And if you don't know what the right way is. Ask somebody. Maybe those are the questions you should be asking instead of um, how do I get jobs when I get into, if I get into the union, how do I get jobs? Yes, well, my whole it, thing it, to that is how do you get jobs before you got into the union? Yeah. That is so true. And and I was just going to say not to interrupt you, Denise. Sorry. No, no. No I, I no, what you were saying is just like preaching. I'm like, yes, it's so true because it's not about how do you get the job. I know, again, Debbie Young, she says this all the time. She's like, I want people to ask me, how do I keep my job? Because it yes. is so important. It is so important that, like, these, it's almost like little pieces to the puzzle, like what I was saying earlier about building the patients and how it's almost like building your portfolio. Like, if people, if they wanted to do, you know, print and such, like how you test and you take a bunch of pictures and you build in this book. So, every single mm-hmm. job, you're building your credibility about your entire career right. through every single job. So focus on the job that you're doing at hand. Make sure you're doing the best at that point. Whether you, like you said, if you're in background, if you just, you know, uh, you know, just touching up a bunch of people, if you, if you never even pull out a makeup brush, if you're just wiping off sweat, whatever it is, focus on building your credibility mm-hmm. on every little job that you're doing, and it just leads you to more and bigger ones. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't feel like, I don't think people look at that. And that's one of the things, my whole point about this whole conversation is I think sometimes people are focused on, I'm not going to say it's the wrong thing, but I don't think it's the right thing at at that time. If you're in a position, if you're in in a situation where you're just beginning in this industry or you're trying to get in this industry, the focus shouldn't be how do I become a third or how do I get to that makeup trailer? That shouldn't even be your focus. You know, um, if you if you just got in the industry but you've never worked on a film or television set, then my thing is like, let's learn a little bit about set etiquette and 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 actually what happens on a set. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Or or if you've been on a set before and now you're working in backgrounds, like okay, 
you know, like my sister just mentioned, you know, the department head is responsible for designing the whole look of the show. But when you're in the background, you're given a look for that part of the show. Why not let's do our best at trying to focus on delivering in that area, you know what I mean? Create the look in that area and, make, and maintain the look in that area and just build upon that. And just, you know, just being your best self, doing your best work. And just like you were saying, guys, you just focus on the job at hand. Sometimes I feel feel like people are just, they're focused on something that is like three or four steps ahead. You know, they're focusing on maybe something that they've heard. You know, like my sister mentioned earlier, she said something about, um, like, what people see, and like time, so sometimes when people are on social media, they see other artists posting about one thing or posting about another, and so they're they're kind of intrigued about that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they want to they want to be able to do that. I see um, I see some people who are currently working on some union shows, and um, and they're like that's all they're showing is their trailer life. You know, and I was like, "Oh, she seems like she couldn't wait to to be the key to show what happens on, with her on the trailer." But no, mm-hmm. but I know, but I know it's like when they're working in the background, they don't do that as much. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, it was it was funny because Gazi mentioned uh, credibility, and I was, and as she was mentioning that, I was thinking. You know, if I were a producer and I had to hire a department head, like, who would I hire? Like, if if I had to choose between someone who um, is just recently getting into the union and, you know, they, 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 they played to get their days and then all of a sudden, you know, as soon as they got into the union, you know, they're somebody's key and then they're, then they're a department head. Or would I hire the person who um, they got into the union, you know, they've worked a few years just day playing and work their way up, you know, as key and finally started, you know, maybe kind of like department heading some smaller shows. I think I would choose that person because to me, I feel like that's the person who understands the business more. And I could be totally wrong. You know, somebody can understand the business without ever, ever um, being in the background. I don't know. But I feel like for me, I feel like that's where you get your best training that's where you learn the business. That's where you get to observe your keys and your department heads. When you're working in the background, you get to observe them. You get to look to see exactly what it is that they're doing when they're on set, when they're dealing with actors. Like, that's your best training. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to take the job as a department head and then wonder later how to do it. You've seen it done. You've had the best examples shown to you. Well, I mean, sometimes not so much the best examples, but you know what I'm saying. You had, you had <laughs> yeah. when you're working with, with people, you have some of the best examples right there. You know, you just observe them, ask them questions. But sometimes mm-hmm. I think MUAs can just jump out here too fast to be the top dog, and it's not about that. It's so not about that because you've got to remember, you've got to also be a great communicator with your team. You've got to communicate with directors. You got to communicate with producers. You got to communicate with costume designers, and you got to communicate with the studio as well. So mm-hmm. it's not just about you know 
being the top MUA, designing a look, you know, picking up a makeup brush. It's so much more than that. We have to we have to take our time and work our way to those positions so that when we get there, we're prepared. And I love how you just said uh, with your attributes of who you would choose, nothing that you said was, oh, yeah, you know, I would look at their reel and see who has the best makeup. You said nothing about, you know, because that's the truth. It is so much more than the makeup. It's everything that you laid down and so much more because, I mean, you're juggling so much. I never knew that I would have to take into consideration, okay, if I communicate this way to this actor, how would they take that? Or if I, you know, say whatever this way to the director, producer, or the first AD, will I get what I want? You know what I mean? It's really like, Mm -hmm. not to say a mind game, but communication is everything. And the way that you, you know, the way you start off talking to someone really has an impact on how they speak back with you. So it is so many different layers of communication in film and TV because we we over-communicate sometimes. But at the same time, we have to, you know, finesse and pull and see things, you know, how they how they fit to the certain situation. That's a whole nother conversation, but yes. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yep. Right. Absolutely. There's so many there's so many little parts to it, but that but exactly what Denise was just saying was I was um saying to Debbie um last week we were talking and I was just pretty much saying like I valued that time when I first started out working in background, I valued that time. I, I learned so much, um, just so, so much. I can't even begin to tell you just the different things that I've picked up on. And, you know, this is different, just different shows, whether it was TV shows or movies. I've just learned so much working with other artists, more experienced artists in the background, and then some who were not so experienced. But just the opportunity to just um, feed off of different artists and their experiences and their knowledge, as well as, like she said, just being able to observe the, you know, the department head or the key or even even the third, um, just being able to observe them, watch uh, watch them and how they they interact with um, other people on set, whether it's actors, whether it's the AD department, um, whether it's the director, um, just familiarizing yourself with how things are supposed to go. And then like, like Denise said, you know, if you have great examples, like great department heads and great keys that you can watch and learn from, then it's, it's like the best experience. Like I, I would, if I had to do this career all over again, I would love to spend the same amount of time in background as I had before, because it's, that's where you get your, your education on set. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're you are absolutely right, Janice, and and I will say, and and also sometimes I have to catch myself when I see uh, makeup artists who are just coming in on set for the first time, and 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 I'm not trying to shift the conversation anywhere else, but sometimes we may have other uh, seasoned makeup artists who may be a little bit more uh, relaxed and may not be on top of things in background, like they may, mm-hmm. you know, like they would have been when they first started. And sometimes some people who are newer, they may follow that same, you know, vibe. And it's like, no, 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 like, don't, don't, you know, that's not a good example. Like, you know, like you still have to be on top of things and you still have to, you know, make sure that your background looks just as good as if, 
you know, the number one or number two looks just as good. Like you can't just be so relaxed. So sometimes I have to catch myself when I'm like, come on, what is up with these new artists? Like, what are they doing? But it's like, okay, if you look at who they're around, they're, they're just working and copying what they see. So I have to, you know, sometimes take things back. Like, okay, like, let me stop being judgy. Let me pull them up and tell them like, all right, this is what, what we expect of you. (laughs) And, you know, don't follow whatever, but you know, it's, it's just, it's just, you know, I feel like a lot of artists bigger than just, hey, I'm just here to make a quick little bit of money. And this is what, I think, Denise, did you talk about passion in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Or was that Janice? I'm sorry. I remember um, the Denise, same Denise. passion. I'm sorry. Yes. Was, I'm sorry I was on mute. That was Denise, yes. Oh, <laughs> sorry. yeah, you know, passion. I feel like that's where, if, you ha- if you're passionate about it, it's bigger than just a check or just, and let me just get this bill paid. You know, it really shows through the artistry right. and it shows with how you show up on set, on how you even touch up people and how you're even, you're, looking at the monitor just or how your ear is just listening and your eyes are always on point. You know, when you have that passion, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, it, there's no mistake. That's right. Right. That's right. And you know, um, you know, when my very first um, union job opportunity was the wire and when Debbie called me to, to come work, my thing was, well, you know, this is my first time I'm, you know, of course, I'm here and I'm trying to learn everything that, you know, that I need to know and learn. But also, I wanted to, to do a great job, not just for myself, but I wanted to do a great job for her because she was giving me this opportunity, something that she didn't have to do. She could have called any other available artist in town, you know, yes. but she asked me. So I was thankful for one, for the opportunity, and two, you know, I wanted I wanted to have a good day at work for not just myself, but then for also for her, just to show her that one, I was taking the opportunity seriously. Um, so you weren't going to find me doing what anybody else was doing. You know, you know, some of the, like if there was, I can't remember, there was somebody else there that was working. I can't remember, but whoever it was, um, they'd been, you don't know what, no, that's not true. I think I was the only I was the only makeup person there. But there was a hair mm. person there. But whoever the, whoever the hair person was there in background was somebody that was experienced and had been there before. Um, but like I said, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't following that person when it came to, mm-hmm. you know, just sitting around relaxing or whatever. I was doing what I was told to do. Um, yep. And I wanted to make sure that my department had new knew that much, you know what I mean? And so um, it's not a situation or a time where you follow other people. You know, if, if you're not really sure, then you need to go back to, um, to the person who gave you your, your, your instructions from the very beginning, you know, if you're not really sure. But I would definitely not be caught relaxing, um, and when I, and I know you know we I feel like we had more downtime back then than you do now. So I know in downtime you might sit there you know after you've done everything, read a book or whatever. I'm not I'm not really talking and that that was back then too. We don't do too much reading of books or anything on set now. But um, and I'm not talking about that kind of relaxing. I just mean you're not going to see me like getting very comfortable um, on set back then. I wasn't getting very comfortable back then on set. I was 
trying to make sure I was doing everything right, paying attention, um, doing what I was asked to do, that kind of thing. So, but you do, you do see people nowadays who, um, and it wasn't just now, but I mean, you know, throughout the years, you do see people from time to time come on and they get relaxed and they kind of start following other people versus, um, you know, just, just maybe maybe asking somebody, well, what you know, I'm finished doing this, I'm finished doing that, is there anything else I can do? Because like I said, if you don't know, definitely ask, but don't get comfortable. That's not the time to get comfortable. That's so true. And so I also true. think one of the things that's missing, that I find that's missing is just that um, I don't feel like, People are preparing, um, when I say preparing as far as, you know, like educating themselves, I just feel like there's a lot of focus on product knowledge. There's nothing wrong yes. with that. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that, but I just feel like that's, that's an area where, where people lack as well. I think they're focused, they're focused so much on product and what's in, and what's in my kit, um, and, and they should they should have they should have an understanding of what's needed in their kit for a film and TV set. You know, um, it's very different from if you're going out to do a photo shoot. You know, so you should you should know what's needed to be in you know what what you should have in your kit. I get that part, but I just feel like there's too there's too many like things that I'm seeing and listening to where it's so focused on that or it's so focused on product. Um, I heard something today where they were talking about. Um, you know, like big brand cosmetics, having that in your kit. So if you work with a celebrity, um, you know, you would have all these brand names like Chanel, Dior, whatever. Um, that's something that I never really cared about or worried about. I always just had makeup in my kit. Uh, when I first started out, the the people that I was working on we're not celebrities. Um, when I started in film and television, the people that I was working on in the very beginning were not celebrities. But when I got to the point where I was working with like some of the main actors or whoever, um, they weren't worried about what was in my kit as long as it worked. And if they had anything in particular that they, um, that they liked to use, then they would tell you that. You know, or you even asked that, you know, before you, you know, you started on the show. But I don't really see celebrities um, focusing on, you know, big brand products. So I wouldn't focus necessarily on, you know, having the most expensive stuff. I'm not saying don't have it, but I wouldn't spend all of my money on trying to get all these big brands just for celebrities. So yeah, I, that's just one to of the show things. Off. I see. <laughs> yeah, just to show off exactly. I see. I just see people focusing on those things a little too much. I'm not saying don't consider it and give it some thought. I just feel like it's too much of an emphasis on that, and not um, people thinking about. You know, when it comes to the makeup on film and TV, it's about creating characters, and I don't think people focus on that. You're absolutely I right, and they don't. Yeah, I think it's about beating faces for people. 
yeah, that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna say they are so focused on this whole, you know, editorial kind of a look as far as beating a face, but. I mean, there are times, just like you all were talking about uh, being in background, when we are given what we're going to use, it's like, no, you're not going to use anything out of your kit. You're going to use this out of here. And, you know, sometimes it's not even in the bottles. It's literally scraped out, you know, in a little palette. And you're like, oh, okay, like I'm just have to make this work. You know what I mean? And the thing is, if you, you know, I always say a true artist can work with anything. You know what I mean? Like I can Mm -hmm. mix whatever together and get, whatever look that it's supposed to be like give me throw anything at me and that's because of all those years decades being in background and learning from other people of what works what doesn't you know what I can combine with it and what I can't but it wasn't about oh I need this Chanel number blah 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 because that is a beauty like I don't even know names of stuff anymore <laughs> I'm just yeah. like I know the tone <laughs> of the color that I want how can I yeah. get that tone or color <laughs> I, I would I would always compare it to Mac. I'd be like, oh, it's like a Mac seven, or oh, it's like yep. it's about the only somewhat remember. <laughs> right. But other than that, yeah, I don't even know half of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I just feel like, um, but then you know what though? But but even saying that, um, people don't focus on uh, creating characters, but it goes back to what you said early on. You got the the filmmakers, and then those people who just who are just the film workers. I feel like it just go. It kind of goes back to that. It's like if this is. I, I just feel like if this, this is something that you're passionate about, then you would take the time to do the work, to do the research, to find out what it's really all about, and then that part where you go in and say, okay, what do I need in my kit? And then taking a deeper look at products and, and, and what, because you do have to have a good understanding of products and what's going to work or what's going to give you the look that you're trying to create, but not so much about, oh, I want to use, you know, this, this type of, you know, highlighter or shimmer because it's the, the, the latest thing. You know, not that kind of thing, but knowing what products are and what products are going to work to help you create these looks that you're going to have to know how to create. That's where I think the focus um, should be more on that. Yep, that's so true. And, and and with you saying that as well, I also wanted to add, this is my last ad. I'm sorry, I know I've been <laughs> probably... Uh, oh, no, bit, go but, for it. But this is, I love this, I just love this topic for so many reasons. I, I just started thinking, like, you know what? I feel like, like when I first got into film and TV, I used to be like oh, you know, not to say makeup really didn't matter as much, but I would still be like, oh, it's more about the camera department or it's more about the lighting department or I just want Mm -hmm. everyone to know getting into the film and TV business as a makeup artist, like we matter so much. There can, I have seen Mm -hmm. movies where the acting wasn't all that, when the lighting wasn't all that, but when I tell you the hair, makeup, and wardrobe was on point and it really carried the film. It made it aesthetically, aesthetically you know, aesthetically pleasing. So I just want to, you know, just want to encourage other makeup artists out there. Don't make the same mistake that I made with me thinking like, oh, okay, like it's just, you know, it's just the makeup portion. It's not really about, and I get it. It is not, it's not about the makeup. Of course, it's about the character, but at the same time, don't underestimate, you know, what makeup can do for a film. Makeup, hair, wardrobe together. It, it It's just, you know, it all goes right. hand in hand. 
Right, because it's, it's not about the makeup. It's not about the makeup, but the makeup creates that character if it's done properly. You know what I'm saying? And so the focus is not necessarily, oh, look at the makeup, but, oh, wow, she looks great. Or, oh, wow, she does look like what her character yep. is. You know what I mean? So it's effort on all, you know, on everybody. You know, everybody. Everybody contributes in their own way. And when it, when it, you know, when everybody works together and it works, then it's. I, I couldn't hear you. I couldn't hear that last part. What did you say? Said when everybody get and it all works and it's great. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. You're right. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's just something that. Um, I think it's just something that you have to learn. Um, like I said, I've just been hearing people talking about so many different things and haven't, you know, heard any get to the heart of, of, of what it really is. And like you said, you know, there has to be passion there. Because like you said, either you love it or you don't. I've known so many people to get into this business because they wanted to get in so bad for, for whatever their reasons were. And then when they got here and they saw that you have to work long hours or um, do certain things, and they were, like, no longer interested. So you have to kind of know the you have to know that there's going to be long hours. I feel like that's something you need to know. If you don't ask any questions, start asking, like, what's a day like on set? So that people can break that down to you and let you know that yeah you you're gonna be here for a minute, <laughs> you know. So if you get any if you get if you get listen if you get comfortable get comfortable with that with knowing that that you're gonna be here. So um, I just feel like uh, I feel like I just feel like we could be focusing focusing on some things that are a little different. That's all. If that's what you really want, I feel like we could be focusing on. Um, actually knowing, you know, what you're getting into, um, what's really required of you, and focus on those things. And at the end of the day, if you're just doing the work and doing your best work, all those other things, all those other goals that you have in your mind, like working on the trailer, getting to department head and all that, that stuff will come. That stuff will come. But in building your resume, you have to start um, with the basics. So that's all I have for tonight. I just wanted to see what you all thought about about that and what you felt like um, makeup artists were missing out on or what they're not paying attention to. Yeah, that's a beautiful topic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, about the, the film and TV business, and I think um, people who really want to be in business, and you know, I think they have to really ask themselves why they do it. Because if they can mm-hmm. come up with why they do it, they may find that they have a passion for it, depending on what that response is, you know. But it's like, oh, I want to do it for the money. I want to do it because it's, you know, it's stable. Don't think that it's stable because it's not. You know, and if they, you know, if they come up with different reasons why they want to do it other than, you know, process of creating characters or, you know, I love 
you know, when I was watching, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, how they got her to look like this or how, when you start saying things like that, then, you know, then people like, oh, you're really, they're interested in how this character was created and how, you know, the point or how they made the makeup look. So so when you're, when, when it's an interest for you, that's a great place to be and that's a great place to start because then at that point, you know, you got to go move getting the education to get you to that point of knowing how certain things are done in film and television. And once you start, you know, learning, exploring that, then it's about it. Okay, fine. You know, do something else. But don't just into, in, you know, try to get into business and never even think about um, learning any special effects techniques. Don't, you know, get into the business thinking, well, I just want to do the beauty stuff. No. It's all a part of it. Even if you don't like special effects, learn a little something because it's all a part of it. And with you saying that, I just wanted to add as well, it is all about, like you said, you cannot be too rigid. You have to be able to be flexible and not just with your Mm -hmm. artistry, but as far as timing and as far as, you know, like what the schedule is looking like. You you all know how many times we've looked at a call sheet and it's like, hold up. Then they're doing this last scene yep. that was on here for now first, and now this scene. Just like, <laughs> like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, you gotta like, like readjust your brain. Like, hold up, I was prepared to do this, and now, oh, they're pulling the scene that we're supposed to treat three weeks from now. Now, huh? It's like you really have yep. to be able to adjust and prepare. So I, I definitely, mm-hmm. um, you know, love what you all just said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> It's not a game. <laughs> Forget about being all glamorous. It's just it's not always fun and games. You know, you have to be able to adapt and switch it up. And like you said, it's about being prepared and ready because um, they will change it on you for whatever, you know, for whatever reason. Um, nothing is always necessarily what they say it's going to be. So you can't always plan your day after work, you know what I mean? Like you're like, oh, okay, well, we only had two scenes. Like we should be out of here early and I'm going I'm to go do this. You, you, you really don't want to do that. Ooh, now <laughs> you you're really preaching, girl. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because, because when they don't put much on the schedule, that might be their opportunity where they say, okay, you know what, let's get this what's required done first. And then, you know, then we'll see how much time we're working with, and then we can maybe pull up something from tomorrow or something. You know what I mean? Like, they will do that. And so you thinking you might be getting right. off early? Mm-mm. That doesn't work. So it's just, mad as out on the road. <laughs> mad. That's why I said earlier, like I said earlier, <laughs> just if you, you know, if you get comfortable in one thing, get comfortable in knowing that you're going to be there. Because, right. um, you know what I'm saying? Just get comfortable in that and knowing that you're going to be there. It's going to be a long day. So that's one of the things I see newer people having a problem with, um, you know, not realizing or, or, like you said, looking at that call sheet and thinking one thing and it's something, something totally different. So, but that's that. 
Well, it is almost 10 o'clock, Ms. Gandhi, and I do appreciate you joining and jumping on. So, oh my um, goodness. Thank you <laughs> both so much. Thank you both for having me. I, I really love this topic. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Don't worry, we'll be calling you back for more. <laughs> okay. I'll be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're so welcome. You all take care. All right. Have a good have night. Good. Thank you guys for tuning in with us tonight for our beauty news segment. That was our um, um, discussion topic of the week. And we had Miss um, Gazi Orlando Young on the phone with us just sharing a little bit about what we think a lot of film and TV artists are missing out on and what they're not thinking about, not considering. Um, we've been hearing a lot of questions about how you got your start, um, how do I get work, you know, what should be in my kit, those kind of things. But people are missing out on some of the really, really, really important things, um, you know, when it comes to film and television. Um, careers. So just kind of wanted to weigh in on that particular topic and see what everyone thought about it. But we thank you guys for tuning in. I see Jennifer. I see Sharon Tina. Um, I see our uh, faithful Texas listener. I don't know who it is, but thank you all for tuning in. And I see I can never identify this number here in Atlanta, but I know it's somebody that's been listening for a long time, and I say thank you to you as well. And again, for all those who are listening um, that are not on the phone lines, but are listening online, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And for those who, again, will listen on the playback, we greatly appreciate you all. Um, Thank you again. This was our first show of of the year. So again, Happy New Year to everyone. And we're looking forward to a lot of great things here on Beauty Talk throughout the year. So continue to come back and tune in every Sunday night if you can. Um, Tell someone about the show. We greatly appreciate all new listeners as well. All right. So tell them really quickly where they can follow us online. They can follow Beauty Talk on Facebook or Beauty Talk Online Radio. On uh, Twitter, we're beauty underscore talk. And on Instagram, we're beauty underscore talk underscore media. And then they can follow uh, you and I both on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by our names at Janice Tunnell, J-A-N-I-C-E-T-U-N-N-L. And then Denise Tunnell, D-E-N-I-S-E-T-U-N-N-E-L-L. All right. So thank you, guys. Have a wonderful evening and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night.